Hello, this is the I Am Kate After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we're breaking down season two, episode five, called Great Scott. So stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, hello, it's the I Am Kate After Show. Tonight, we're doing the episode called Great Scott. There is an exclamation point, Great Scott. Scott Disick comes to town, guys. Uh, let's do some intros. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I tweet from Jeff Masters 1. I'm Char Jassel, and I tweet from Char Says So. What's up, everyone? I'm Thomas Rulina, and you can find me at Thomas Rulina on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. Awesome. It's great to see everybody. We should give a congratulations to the show. They got the Gladi Media Award last night for well outstanding reality show. Uh, they shared it with I Am Jazz. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which I still can get, not get an answer to why are they both I Am Kate and I Am Jazz. That was just the name that they gave I Am Jazz. I, I personally actually preferred the I Am Jazz show over I Am Kate. Oh, really? It's interesting watching the, the, the transition through the lens of a teenager and the teenager's family and seeing how they navigate through the, the yeah. town and things like that. So. And because Jazz is so young and charming, it's easy to forgive things it as is. opposed to Kate. I actually was with the Prancing Elites. I know that they had, uh, they were up against those two in that nomination. They were in town. Oh, really? Yeah, I was at the Beverly Hilton. Shout out to the Prancing Elites. Their reality show comes on <laughs> Oxygen. I was kicking it with them the night before the awards. Oh, and congratulations to Kate as well. It was announced that she's going to be on season three of Amazon's Transparent. So she just keeps, every week, She's I come in here with new news of her winning. So congratulations to Caitlyn Jenner for that. Cool, that's very exciting. I uh, keep seeing uh, cast pictures from the uh, show because they're shooting right now. They are. They have a lot of new cast. It's very exciting. I love that yeah, show. Yeah, they have a few new um, uh, actresses. Yeah. And then trans uh, uh, side, that, which they do an amazing job with, it's the most Jewish family on TV. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's talk about I'm Kate. We had the ongoing storyline of Candace finding a love interest. Yeah. What are our thoughts on Andrew? Um, to me, watching this, it was kind of difficult watching this unfold because I've been in the shoes of Candace with an Andrew so many times. So to see it play out on TV, I was like, oh my God. Did you kind of feel like he he was misleading at any point? Or No, I don't because I feel like the heart wants what the heart wants and you can't hide attraction, but people still do grapple with the whole trans thing. I, I just need to know what their relationship was before like the camera started for this episode. Right. Did he fly in from LA? Was this their first right. meeting? Yeah. They had some familiarities. You just assume they've known each other. But um I saw a real connection between them. I, I like that he yeah, I like that he was genuinely asking her questions about being mm-hmm. trans and seeming to connect. And like her, like I saw the spark. So when they had their like awkward moment, and he said, "So awkward." What did he watch. say? Uh, He's not ready to kiss her. I can't go there just yet. I know. I don't know. Maybe if he just the buildup was too much. I don't know if things were moving too fast. Or the cameras. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. 
By the way, last week we had the conversation about dating a trans man, and right. I didn't ask you all, would you date a trans man? Yeah, I would. Would you date a trans man? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that right now. Because I saw in the in our YouTube family, our YouTube community, the comments, people thought it was interesting that I said that yeah, I'm still grappling with the idea of dating a trans man, and I was like, yeah. I forgot to ask I've been on Thomas a date with a trans guy. Okay. Um, it didn't go anywhere just for lack of chemistry, so. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. I just want to know you all's answers because yes. I was like, okay, I did I, they, were, they asked to me, but I didn't get a chance to ask them. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, with Andrew, though, I have to wonder what his response would have been had it not been on camera. That's true. I honestly think it would have been the same. Really? Because so? I do. I do. I honestly think that it would have been um, the same because it's just so textbook. It's like I'm rooting for Candace. Like, I feel you on another level, girl. Yes. Watching this through the television, I feel you 100% as far as this dating game is concerned. And like I said, Candace knows that this isn't her... What's his name? Andrew? Andrew. This isn't her first Andrew, and unfortunately, it probably will not be her last. And so many trans women probably could relate to that scene. Like I said, myself included, could relate to that scene because it's literally... It's so annoying. And and I hear that from a lot of my trans friends, too. But he, there was the spark which we talked about. There was a connection. And I would have wondered, would he have given it a shot had he not been on camera? Because, unfortunately, yeah. there is, like, this bias, you know? And I think yeah. maybe he would have, like, gone for it and seen, oh, my God, kissing a trans person's kissing a normal person. <laughs> they it's, are it's normal. It's literally, <laughs> like, lips are lips. I mean. Yeah. And she deserves such a great guy. I she mean, does. I love she, Candace. She will find that that person. I know. And I like that she said that she's been dating herself and getting to know that. And like, mm-hmm. I just think she's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. a process. It really is a process. Like, you don't know. I know so many trans people and gay people included who are preparing. Uh, for example, I know this older uh, gay guy for uh, like who's in his 40s who's kind of like preparing financially um, for if he never meets someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still optimistic, but he's like, in the event that I don't, when I'm in the sunset of my life, I need to have everything laid out. So he's kind of playing that to me, that's kind of, it's, it's a little scary, but I, it's a reality for a lot of people. That's, yeah. It, it really is. You're saying financial planning? No, no, no. He's planning for like his future. Like if he, who's he going to grow old with? Oh, what community is gotcha. he going to surround himself with in the event that he ends up growing old alone? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who's he going to call to water his plants if he decides to go to Anguilla for a weekend or if he falls down the steps? Let me call the neighbor or life alert or something. Like, just in case I don't have Bay to call upstairs to help me up. You know, it's a it's a reality for a lot of people, actually. I think that's really smart, though, to be it's surrounding smart. yourself with a community, too. Yeah. I feel, but yeah. it can also be depressing. <laughs> Seriously. It, yeah. You're glad that the community is there, but, oh, my God, like, it's a reality. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, I'm in my 40s. And, like I said, it's, it's a harsh reality for both the gay and the trans community. And I'm sure some straight... Um, you know, communities, but it's 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 just not easy. It's not easy. There's so many trans single people that I know, but there's a lot of trans people who are in relationships or yeah. who are married that I know as well. So what about Van who take. you know promotes her husband on the episode? I love Van. I actually, when I saw her, I know you guys are probably rolling your eyes, but I know Van too. We're Facebook friends. We did Transparent together. I did two episodes of Transparent for season two. Both of my scenes got cut, but I still got my check. <laughs> Uh, but uh, <laughs> she is so awesome, and 
I loved that. I loved that whole scene with her and her husband. And she's just a good old, like, country girl. Like What I did not love was how, what he said to Candace when their bike crashed. You yeah. lean too much. <gasps> that was Candace. scary for me. I already don't like motorcycles. I so would not have yeah. gotten on like, the bike. That was a mess. Do you notice that Jennifer Finley Boylan, the scholar, was inside? Like, I'm not getting on the bike, guys. <laughs> I wouldn't have either, honestly. But <laughs> I mean, I just have so many like horror stories I've heard where people like lose both limbs. So when they went down, uh-huh. I was like, and that's how Candace Kane died on camera. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Spoiler alert. Ugh, no, I it felt can so be bad. no, it can be quite trauma. I don't deal with uh motorcycles, but I did love the whole scene with Van. I love that her husband was so comfortable to be on camera in such a public way. Big Daddy. <laughs> and uh, I just loved that whole scene w- with her being a part of it. Yeah, and that too. was a scene too where Scott was talking with Jennifer in the bar and mm-hmm. they were just having an amazingly open conversation. They were. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I really liked him a lot more than I wanted to. I've always liked, I always say Scott Disick is my favorite fuckboy. Pardon my language, but he is one of my favorite fuckboys. And, because uh, he's just so entertaining. And I loved that scene when they were talking about uh, it, what's the status of him and Courtney's relationship. Yeah. Because everybody knows they're on and off. I loved how Shandy was like, no, Scott, don't be scared to talk around us because we know you're not shy. Like, everybody knows this man for his crazy antics, even though, you know, in real life, he can be on the rocker and off the rocker. But, uh... I love Scott on this entire episode, actually. You say, you, sorry, excuse me, you say you're entertained by him, but are you, like, supporting him? Are you laughing at him or with him? Um, it depends on the situation. Sure. It really does depend on the situation, whether it dictates, like, I don't think I've ever laughed at him because he has had a lot of misfortune. You know, he lost both of his parents within, like, a month mm-hmm. of oh, each I other. Know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost both of his parents within, like, 30 days. Uh, of each other. He has these three kids and this, like, common-law marriage. Like, he has a lot going on. So I never really laugh at him because he comes from a place of dysfunction. You know, from looking through the TV. He comes from a place of dysfunction and, uh, but he is at the end of the day, fundamentally, he is a pretty funny guy. So... I think what I liked about Scott on this episode is we're seeing a mature side to him. We are! He has really, really evolved. As a Keeping Up fan, I'm always rooting for Scott because, you know, people make mistakes, but he's one to always just move forward. He has the support from the family. He has the support from Courtney. I mean, he's the father of their children. He is a progress, and I think he's doing really well, and I think with him on Kate, it's really nice to see. It's pretty amazing, too, that they, I believe they're not dating anymore, right? I think they are right now. Like, are I don't they? know. I, I watch I her story, so I've seen a few of him popping in and out. On her snap. I love the Easter. Did you see the Easter stamp? I've, I follow, I told you I follow Kim and Kylie. I did see the Easter stuff on their snaps. Oh, okay. This one was really good because she, um, that was the Easter one, but they did the April Fool's one two days okay. ago. And they had Kylie, Courtney was filming Kylie, and then they were going through the, Courtney was going through her house, and she was trying to find um, Kendall. Okay. And she found Kendall with Scott in bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> and okay. I, they had me through, like, they had me on that they one. Do. I was living. I love when they do the little movies. Did you see the one when uh, uh, Kylie did a movie with Courtney, like, trying to hit on one of her friends? Yes. And then it was Caitlyn in the bed with yes. one of, yeah, it was, it was a crazy one. Honestly, if Kylie walked in right now, I would say, hey, what's your name? 
I would not recognize her. I think I would. She's but I don't awesome. think I'd fan out. I don't think I'd be like, oh! Before last year when Kendall was on every magazine cover, I would not have recognized her either. Well, Kendall does. She's a very beautiful girl, but she does. You, you could see her at the Westfield Topanga Mall walking and just think <laughs> she's a regular girl from the Valley. So, um, I was really surprised at how much Scott's sobriety was brought up in this yeah. episode. Where is he at in that? Is that a new thing he's working on? Well, November, he had checked out of rehab. Chris had come to visit him with the three children. I remember oh. that happening the end of last year. And I think right now he's in a good place. I think, um, you know, the, he's mm-hmm. already been making appearances with Courtney on her story. So I feel like they're moving forward. But he, in fairness, he he was never in rehab for a long time. It was a month. Every si- Okay, that's the longest he's ever been in. Because was... I've only known him to be in for seven days. And he's right back out. So... Um, but yeah, he does. From what I've seen throughout the media, he has seemed to to kind of turn it around. And he okay. seems to have a good head on his shoulder. Okay. It's Lamar that we're all worried about now. Oh, uh, I I I even know who that is, but I I stopped watching Kardashians so many years ago. No, it's not even on. <laughs> this is just through the TMZ through this your through your smartphone. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see it when the new season starts next I know. month. We'll oh, have yeah. more to discuss. <laughs> all right, Shar, I want your perspective on the car metaphor that Scott had. For, okay. I thought it was fun, and I like that he's they're able to laugh and joke around about this because it is a serious topic. Mm-hmm. As we get to later in the episode, women are literally being killed on the street. So I think these lighter moments are necessary. They're refreshing. They but I did like that kind of like comparison and I did like that everybody was able to laugh about it and because not everything has to be so serious especially when, and I feel like a lot of trans people can get lost in the sauce when it, when explaining certain things to cis people because it, it a lot of the stuff is very serious but you have to, there's a way to laugh at everything. I'm a firm believer in that. It's just a way you go about it and Scott, the whole car comparison, it was a little charming and I thought that it was funny and it was a great way to break it down for someone who doesn't necessarily understand it. Yeah. So. And I like that he brings in the fact that he's trying to uh, make sure his kids are cool with everything that's going on too. Mm-hmm. Well yeah I thought in, in when Caitlyn first came out that they were um, uh, telling Mason like Mason like knew who grandpa was because he's the eldest. Yeah. He knew who grandpa was and now he understands her as grandma, but I guess, like I said, we don't know what happens behind the camera. Because Mason, he said Mason was a little scared, and I like how Jenny basically told him, it's however you present it. If you act, if you and Courtney are acting all jittery and stuff, that's you're gonna transfer that energy onto your child, and when he meets Kate, he's gonna have the same type of reaction, but if you just break it down, I mean, Mason is what, eight years old? Five. Five, wow. okay. It's easy to break yeah. things down. And to kids Mason. that young don't have any biases. They don't. You tell them that like there's a thing called transgender, and they say, "Great." Just Let say grandpa see it. is now grandpa. If you want to call, or yeah. you know, because Chris may hold the grandma title down. So, uh, from my understanding, when I last heard Courtney discussing this, Mason calls Caitlyn Caitlyn. So there's grandma and then there's Caitlyn and right. that's their relationship. Right, like okay, grandpa is now Caitlyn and it being five, like I love. And then that. of course Penelope and Rain don't know who Bruce is, so they know all they know is Caitlyn. Yeah. So and then Jennifer's story about telling her kids and they said, well, if you still love us, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like be what you want to be. <laughs> Like I loved that. her delivery with Scott, too. It was just, like, where they were just having, like, a chill conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so pressured. And, you know, you can really tell, like, Scott is even saying that he wants to be able to reciprocate everything and, you know, give mm-hmm. it out to people that want to learn. And I think that's great. I find it crazy that people ask 
Scott questions, trans related questions. That's so funny to me. Yeah, no, I love that interaction. People. Scott Disick, okay. He's ready though now. Yeah, he should be fully, fully prepared. Yeah, so. I was just really impressed by how open and like willing to listen and learn he was. Mm-hmm. I will say that I really wasn't happy with what Caitlin was saying to him when they finally had their talk in the confer- uh, conference room, the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, this would be really good for you. His feelings are hurt. Tell him that you want him here. I want you know, to spend time with you. you know, I Caitlin want you to see this. the type kind of girl Caitlyn is, so... She's a very crass individual, so I don't think she meant any harm, but that's just who yeah. she is. It's, I'm just like, it's semantics, you know? It, yeah. it would just, like, win him over so much better. Yeah. But every week we talk about how... It's been talked about to death, how Caitlyn's story is not the typical trans story. Mm-hmm. And how... Um, and yet she still has struggled. You know, she it was a master struggle to get at this point. And when she was talking about how she was on hormones for four and a half years and yeah. then went back off them. We knew that. That was right when she met Chris. I think she was on hormones for like a year and a half when her and Chris started dating. That's why. Like, that was like the last, like the tail end. Like, she had her second divorce and began hormones for like, let's say, three and a half years. And then she met Chris. And then that's when she kind of tail- trailed off, which I'm surprised, honestly. And I said this when she uh, did the Sawyer interview. I'm surprised that um, she was able to still reproduce because a lot of things goes on with the body when you're on hormone replacement therapy. So the fact that Kendall and Kylie are here I'm and they were born healthy is that that's a true testament to how strong Caitlyn's swimmers are. <laughs> Seriously, like, you know, they I, the, the fact that they are here with no birth defect and they just like... Okay, Kate. Like and after a while, it's hard to get erect, and like you know. Yeah, it, yeah, you can have erectile dysfunction. I, so. I never put that together that they were born after that. Yeah. That's shocking mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Both wow. Of them. So, and I'm sure that if Caitlin and Chris wanted more, they could have had more. Yeah, it's just so. a good example of how whether you're coming out of the closet or coming out as transgender, it's not a straight line of acceptance and, like, self-acceptance and fan no, acceptance. No, it's mm-hmm. just like And the even hills. with Van's story, saying that she did both, like, she, she had to come out as trans twice, I can imagine starting hormone replacement therapy and being who I am and then for survival purposes having to... Because it's such... It, it really is tough, <laughs> like... Yeah. And then... To, to have to revert to the former in order to survive, I could not imagine that. So kudos to her as well. That's why the show is so great. Is like you're every week we're hearing different stories that you're like, really this yeah. that happened. Like this goes on, and I think it's really mm-hmm. great. And new like bu- um, new vocabulary too. Like the pansexual mm-hmm. they threw out this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a great word that not a lot of people know about. Uh huh. And I just I know because of Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr's Why Tumblr? Very, they're very educated. My Tumblr feed is very educated. And don't ask for it because I don't give my Tumblr out. But um, Tumblr can be very educational when it comes to things like that. Okay. Like, really. It's like a little safe haven for, like, the oddballs of society. That's what a lot of people tag it. And it can be very educational. People share their stories and there's videos and essays and think pieces and it's and things that you can't find on Google. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for a trans person of any age who's in a community and they can't find other trans people, mm-hmm. they can find them online so easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you have to just imagine that's why trans visibility is where it's at today. Yeah, but I did like that, you know, the trans day of visibility just was, what, Thursday? Yeah. And, but I did like, not to jump ahead, but when um, Shandy and her mother were talking to Caitlyn, it's so important to reiterate that visibility does not equal safety. Just because you're out here and you are a visible trans person, that does not ensure your safety. 
So, yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting conversation. I love Shandy's mom, by the way. Oh, I think I love she's their my dynamic. <laughs> I love her, by the way, and I totally relate it to Shandy's story as far as that aspect with her with her mother's fear. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just not her fear of like rejecting her uh, as a trans woman, but just need. Uh, it's complicated because she's fearing for her safety. Yeah. And that's such an important point to make. That's, as, that's as what I related saw. to. Honestly, when I um, sat down and really got to, you know, the foundation of the issue, quote unquote, with my parents, my dad's number one concern with me was my future. What's going to become of you? And my mother's number one concern for me was my safety and still is my safety. So uh, it's always something to consider. And that can even go hand in hand with what we were talking about with Candace and dating. Um, That's why I'm very, very persnickety when it comes to dating because, I mean, on top of a whole bunch of other stuff, I don't like my time wasted. I'm not a fan of that. Mm -mm. And, uh, you know, you have to pick out who just wants you for your body, who's kind of fetishizing you and hypersexualizing your experience, and who wants to get to know you for who you are. I think everybody has to go through that. But then on top of that, to add to that, you have to be aware of your safety because just because you tell a guy that you are trans, that does not mean that he won't harm you. So it's it's a lot that goes with it. And even when they were reading those names off, I remember keeping up with these stories and uh, my social media. Ty Underwood, for example, her it was her boyfriend that so so often people don't realize that it's not. I think that the the public has adopted this narrative of when a trans woman is murdered, a trans woman in particular, oh, she was fooling or she was tricking a guy. But a lot of times people don't realize that (laughs) these guys already know. A lot of trans women that are killed, ironically, are killed by their lovers or people they're involved with. It's no... uh, no uh, sign of trickery or sorcery or whatever you all, uh, whatever narratives you adopt. A lot of times these guys do know, and it's societal pressure and stigma that I don't know that just causes them. There's so many stories that you read. Yeah. She was dating him for four years. He went to church one Sunday, came home, snapped, and killed her. Like, there are things like this all the time that trans women face and so um it's it's very disheartening and that i say all that to say not to be too wordy but i say all that to say that that's what makes me very hesitant about getting out there and really really dating so i have a lot of suitors but you know not to toot my own horn <laughs> i do but i i gotta watch my back because yeah. of safety and because i do not enjoy being fetishized right. i don't and uh, uh, like we're talking about homicide, but also like suicide rates in the trans community, especially for trans teenagers. Yes, they, it's just it's larger than any other like community What's that I know of. What's the girl's name? Layla or uh, Leela Alcorn? Yes, Leela Alcorn in Ohio, right? Who walked in front, of, walked into oncoming traffic. Yeah, and, and committed suicide. And then there's like there's... Blake Rockington, Charlotte, North Carolina. I think that he was like elected homecoming king, even. And that yet... was the black guy, right? Yeah, and yet yeah. he still didn't mm-hmm. feel accepted. And that's so affirming. You as a trans man being elected homecoming king. Yeah, and it still was not enough. And that's very. It's it's just very disheartening, because it's just so 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 much. I personally, fortunately, don't know anyone personally who has uh, A, committed suicide, or B, been murdered, that's trans, but I know, you know, there's six degrees of separation. I know people whose best friends have been murdered. Yeah. I know people whose cousins have committed suicide. Like, it's it's very, very scary. And it seems like a lot of the cast members have horror stories, like Jennifer Finley Boylan mm-hmm. being dragged by the neck for half mm-hmm. an hour. And yet, 
they are so incredibly lucky in their lives in so many different areas. The, like their careers are as like a scholar of gender studies of skyrocketing, Kate Bornstein's. Uh, um, also the fact that Jennifer transitioned and her wife stuck with her. I know. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's rare huge. thing. That's amazing. And so but just, it also adds to it. It I love Jenny's story because it complicates a lot of the narrative that people adopt too. Yeah. As far as oh, trans women are just you know like gay men to the extreme, but no, you can be trans and lesbian. Like there's, I love Jenny's story. I even love Caitlyn's story. Yeah, that's why this show is so good. I'm saying like yeah. every single week you see new things, you hear new stories, and if it wasn't on TV, if it wasn't on E, I mean. Would we, would other people be watching? You know what they I mean. They would be exposed to exactly. It. The more exposure, the better. I feel like this is gonna lead to more and, shows. And, yeah. I, and I feel like even though ratings aren't doing the best, I know that someone in their psycho- psychology class in high school or something, some teacher has this on on the on the disc, mm-hmm. and they're playing this for the class and asking them to write what they think or something like that. And it's that. like a point like, of reference now. It's, it's like a always doc. gonna be. Yeah, it will always be a point of reference, always yeah. for research. So I mean, we said in the first episode, but um, Kate Ellis, head of GLAD, says now everybody in America can name a trans person, mm-hmm. and that is huge. It problematic is. as that person might be it's huge um that's yeah i thought the ending with the trans day of remembrance at the trans memorial garden was that a really, sober and reminder. especially for scott to be there i i feel like when i was watching the episode i didn't know if he was going to be there through and through the whole entire thing but that was nice to see it was a, literally a journey for mm-hmm. him to go through all the steps go on the the ferry it was great. That scene, they were asking me to cry. My makeup's already a little messed up because of the day I had. I was partying, but um, they were asking me to cry because that just, it just, I can't deal with stuff like that. Like, I can, but I can't, but I feel like, I said I can, but I can't. That's what I meant to say, but I feel like it's always so overwhelming for me because I feel like I deal with it both ends of the spectrum. I'm dealing with trans lives matter and black lives matter, and it's just, it can be a little taxing on my spirit. Of course. When I see things. And um, hearing those names. Yeah, hearing the way that they did that, it was just. But like the ray of hope in that is what Kate Bornstein said, that our generation is the first generation actively fighting to end transphobia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just that visibility. We still have a very long way to go. Oh, my God. We have a very long way to go. And isn't it wild that we just started that today? We've got a long way to go. Yeah, we're starting. But, like, you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah, that is true. Like, that, that is representation true. just hasn't been there. I think this episode was just about progress in general. Mm-hmm. It was progress for Scott. It was progress for Caitlin. It was progress mm-hmm. for everybody. Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. As viewers watching this it like obviously we're learning we're getting a lot from it we also need to be entertained mm-hmm. uh char in particular we've been harder on i am kate this season mm-hmm. uh you less so what are your feelings now after this episode um you know what i will say that the teaser that they did this season on i am kate that mm-hmm. really got to me despite everything that she's done in the re- you know coming out in support of ted cruz and all her you know but that really got to me and it almost it was crafted in such a way where I saw more of a human side of Caitlyn that I don't think that I've seen before, more of a sensitive side, an empathetic side that I don't think that I've... Even when she was sitting down with Shandy and her mom and talking to them, um, but I still am on the fence. Like, I want to be clear. I don't... I respect Caitlyn. I do, for her visibility alone, um, for the conversations that she starts alone. I do respect her. I just go in and out 
of whether I like her. So it's just, it's it's something, yeah. That's natural. What do you think, Thomas? I mean, to add to it, I think that literally it's lessons that she's going through that she's taking us on every single time that you learn something new. Every time I watch, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like certain things that she does. It's like you you follow her mistakes too. You know what I mean? So I'm enjoying it a lot. I think that we're going to see more with Chris on the episode. I'm excited Can't for that. Wait. You know, she's That's, my fave. And, yeah, <laughs> and those like little dashes of Kardashians I think bring viewers in. So. It does. And you yeah, see Scott again it. with Caitlyn in Malibu. So yeah. I'm excited and for it, it. it. And this show is potentially, not even the show, just the interactions, is potentially... Um, Helping change the minds of a whole generation because the Kardashians are a force. They are so influential. So mm-hmm. if 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 their fans, if those little thirteen and fourteen year olds in middle school are seeing that Kylie has no issue with her dad Caitlyn and everything's cool, then hopefully that will detract someone from bullying their trans classmate. Because if if the Kardashians are cool with it, why should I bully you? Yeah, type thing. that's so why I really like Kylie it's too. Very influential. I think Kylie went on Ellen last December, and she was even saying that she wanted to kind of be, you know, an example mm-hmm. for that. And I well, think she that seems that's like important. she's the closest to Caitlyn out of all of the kids. Mm-hmm. Kylie and Caitlyn seem to have the strongest. I feel like we're moving along with them. It's like everybody is kind of, we're on the same page and we're, you know, as viewers Because I would love to know what their thoughts were about trans people in particular prior to Caitlyn's coming out. I I wonder (laughs) if they even thought about it. I'm sure that they, I mean, it's Hollywood. Yeah. So, you know. I just think about like the little girl or boy or gender nonconformer who's 11 and tells people that they are trans and to start calling me by this name, please. And instead of it being like, what does this word mean? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like Caitlyn Jenner from the TV show. And they say right. yes. And yes. then at schools now, they have a lot of support that I didn't necessarily have. Granted, I wasn't identifying as trans because I didn't have the language. I didn't know what to call it when I was in middle school. But I still had a very supportive middle school, but I've noticed Um, Because I used to work at a middle school. The counselors are very hands-on. There's a lot of... Like, they are very... When it comes to LGBT issues. And there was even a trans boy, I'll say, transitioned from male... I mean, from female to male uh, that was in the eighth grade last year. When I... Yeah. Now, he still had to use the girls' locker room, which was odd. But I don't know if he identified... I don't know if he, maybe he was gender nonconform. I don't know. I'm just assuming based on his presentation and when, you know, the little kids, because the little kids didn't know that I, which no one knew that I was trans working at this middle school. So they'd be like, you know, that's a girl. Da, 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 da. I'm like, call him because he went by male pronouns and, but no one bothered him though, wow. which was revolutionary for middle school. What do you guys think about Caitlyn? You know, she's going to be the spokesperson for H&M, the sport line. What do you think of it becoming more of, you know, I mean, we go to these retail stores, we're walking in and we're seeing Caitlyn Jenner and it's exposure for the trans community. It's, you know, what do you guys feel about that? I mean, I think it's a good thing. I won't be getting any H&M athleisure because Ivy Park debuts uh, April 14th. <laughs> oh, so yes. The line looks amazing. I'll be at Nordstrom and Topshop. But what price <laughs> but, uh, point is that going to be? I actually don't know, but I, I know no that I'm getting something. I'm getting something. A hoodie, a short set, something. It looks bomb. But uh, I think that that's good representation. It'll be interesting to see how sales are. 
Yeah. With Caitlyn everywhere on posters with her athleisure on. The thing is that like no matter what age you are, you look up to the people on the pictures, the models in stores Mm -hmm. about how you want to dress, how you want to like pair items. And seeing a trans person is probably the first trans person you've ever seen. Mm, Maybe first openly trans people. There are a lot of trans models. Um, First openly trans person you've seen on there, at least that you could name as trans. I think that's incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I think I just see through this episode in particular the cracks forming in the Caitlyn Jenner facade of um, not being able to like relate to her peers. Just from the question that she asked, uh, they're talking about um, women going to like work on the street. And she said, what did Caitlyn say? I wrote this down. She said, do they understand the dangers of living and working on the street? And it's like, Yes, Caitlin. They but don't they have a have choice to survive. It's this is survival. survival. Yeah, it's survival. I always say that I used to judge. I didn't realize my own privilege. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview about this back in February. But I said I didn't realize my own privilege, uh, and I did used to judge those girls. And it took me having conversations, and now, I wasn't as hard of an egg to crack as Caitlin. Yeah. But it took me just having like a few conversations and a few interactions and seeing things for it. Literally, someone checked the hell out of me, basically. And I realized that this is literally a means to survival. And that is how I acknowledge my privilege. Not everybody comes, especially black trans women, has, you know, two parents to support them and things that I had that I didn't even see. I wasn't able to recognize at the time because I was so. I was sitting in my privilege. I didn't really, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I think it's great that you were able to like learn and like take that in. Oh yeah, and I don't I fault those girls. Happening I do not Caitlin. fault those girls. No, you gotta do what not. you have to do. And if no one's hiring, I, a matter of fact, one of my mentors told me that she was fired from four jobs in a row. This was in the 90s. Wow. Four jobs in a row. And she was forced to turn to the streets because she had no way of supporting herself. She had no way of I'm sorry. She had no way of, you know, taking care of what she needed to. And so, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, sorry. No, that's not an uncommon story, unfortunately. She, yes, and so to know that she didn't have the protection that she needed to have in order to, she was just trying to do the right thing. She was trying to work. She was trying to do the right thing and work a a, a taxable job, you know? Mm And she could. She was fired four times in a row from four different jobs because she was trans. So she had no other option than to turn to the streets. So it's it's sad, but um, it's a harsh reality for a lot of trans people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and just hearing these stories and hearing Shandy's story, uh, it. I see, like, the grain, mm-hmm. you know, the seed in Caitlyn's eyes. I love the support that she has from her mom, seeing that. Amazing. Oh, yeah, that was that was really good. I, I loved her mom. Yeah. It brings so much when awareness. Scott said that he was transitioning. <laughs> and I know. Said, like, that, that was good. And her conversation was good, and you can tell that they've had, that you can tell that they have a real relationship, like, this isn't for TV, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they have come a long way. I, I, that's why I can see that they have come a long way. So her mom seems like she's in good spirits, and Shandy looks like Patti LaBelle when she performs, obviously. So. <laughs> I love that. Uh, let's segue to some predictions. We can talk about next week's episode. What we saw in the preview. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. 
So what we saw in the preview, we don't know if it's next episode or this entire yeah. season, because they say coming up. This season. This season. Now, last week they said next week, but... I don't know if this is like, is this, this can't be mid-season. Well, you said this is episode this is five. five and it's probably more. ten. Oh, it's eight episodes? Yeah. I thought it was ten. Oh, I thought it was eight, but I, I'm. I thought it was ten. I'm now uncertain. <laughs> well, you all let us know. That no, comment in the YouTube box and let us know if it's eight or ten. Yeah, but so what we saw was uh, more Scott. We saw Chris Jenner coming on. And then talking about Ted Cruz. Mm. Who Caitlyn supports. She is not endorsed, but she supports. You, you know think what? she's going to change her mind? No. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't think she's going to change her mind because this was recorded months ago and literally weeks ago she said that she wanted to be the trans ambassador for the Cruz campaign. Uh, so I, no. I, I was going to say something, but I have no way to stick up for her in this topic. So <laughs> No, I don't think she will. Well, I'm excited that we're going to get to see a little bit more of the family. So that's... The family. Yes. Yeah. Capital always, T, capital F. Always yes. here for that. I, I see that they went to Mardi Gras. That Shout looks out fun. to New Orleans. So yeah, Can't, we've been talking about Candace's love life for ev- almost every episode. I wonder if I we're going like to have an arc. I feel like they're setting somebody. us up for a spinoff. Oh, a spinoff. Mm. I am Candace. <laughs> um, Candace is candy. It's like I feel like they're setting us up for a spinoff, but it's hard. It's hard. Like I feel her. I feel you in that fight. It's yeah, hard. It's I'm... good TV, and it's good to put things into perspective. But it is hard. As a matter of fact, not to go too off topic, but there was a trans woman that was murdered a few years ago in New York City named um, Ilan Nettles, and it was basically the guy just said in court that uh, it was it, the. He felt his manhood was in question. Was she the one that was beat up in front of the police station? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so he spoke, and in so many words, I don't want to misquote him, but this story's everywhere. It was the transphobia of his community. I guess he had hollered at a girl a week earlier or two weeks earlier, and she happened to be trans. So when he found out that Ilan was trans when he hollered at her, he snapped because his friends were laughing at him like, dude, you like like this, that, and the other, and which he might have liked, but he couldn't stand confidently in that because of his environment and because of our society, and that ultimately led to this girl being unjustly murdered right in front of the police station. Right. And uh, it's just horrible. Horrible. And Matt. And I believe he got off, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. when you all get a chance, look up on Twitter hashtag masculinity so fragile because it is a very fragile uh, institution, if you will. And th- that's basically why he, in so many words, like I said, look up the story, but in so many words, he alluded to, he acted on the murder of Ilan because of the people around him, not because he wanted to be felt his manhood was in question because this was the second trans woman he hollered at in a month and didn't know. So he felt like he was being fooled, but you pursued her. She was minding her business. So it's just awful, 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 awful. And just even more scary that it was in front of a police station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's actually very terrifying. Yeah, I agree. Um, I hate that we're ending our show on this low note. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. this show was a lo- this the, uh, was a low show. It was Trans Day of Remembrance. It's a very serious thing. It was. Um, yeah, and we're gonna, of course continuing the conversation online. You can subscribe and comment on YouTube and iTunes, and of course tweet with us during the week. Um, Thomas, where can they find you online? What's up, everybody? You can find me at Thomas Relina on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. 
You can find me everywhere, literally, at Char Says So. And I'm at Jeff Masters One. Guys, we'll see you next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.